welcome back to A-Ideas, the show about ideas for AI that are halfway between poetry and mathematics. I'm your host, Graham Colbertson. I don't really know what the show is going to look like because it's so early, but I'm going to start by recording some shorter episodes, hoping they'll all be less than 20 minutes long, on key topics that will be useful before I get into some longer discussions of more complex ideas and some interviews with philosophers and computer scientists. The first one of these is this thought experiment from a philosopher named John Searle, which is called John Searle's Chinese Room. The Chinese Room is uh, the ultimate proof, at least according to John Searle, and people who agree with him, that what you could call a functionalist or instrumentalist, functionalist is Dan Dennett's language, instrumentalist is John Dewey's language, approach to other minds is wrong. It has really convinced a lot of people that instrumentalism and functionalism are wrong. But I think that John Searle's Chinese room is completely wrong. Very briefly, what do I mean by functionalism or instrumentalism? This is the idea that the way you know that you have created a mind, that you are encountering another mind, if it's not a mind that you've created, is that it, you know, does the stuff a mind does. Most especially language. It communicates. It talks to you. And the Chinese room purports to show that a computer program that talks to you isn't a mind, even though it functions as a mind. Here's Searle's explanation. Suppose that I'm locked in a room and given a large batch of Chinese writing. Suppose, furthermore, as is indeed the case, that I know no Chinese, either written or spoken, and that I'm not even confident that I could recognize Chinese writing as Chinese writing distinct from, say, Japanese writing or meaningless squiggles. To me, Chinese writing is just so many meaningless squiggles. Now suppose further that after this first batch of Chinese writing, I am given a second batch of Chinese script, together with a set of rules for correlating the second batch with the first batch. The rules are in English, and I understand these rules as well as any other native speaker of English. They enable me to correlate one set of formal symbols with another set of formal symbols. And all that formal means here is that I can identify the symbols entirely by their shapes. Suppose also that after a while I get so good at following the process for manipulating the Chinese symbols and the programmers get so good at writing the programs that from the external point of view, that is, from the point of view of somebody outside the room in which I am locked, my answers to the questions are absolutely indistinguishable from those of native Chinese speakers. Nobody just looking at my answers can tell that I don't speak a word of Chinese. As far as the Chinese is concerned, I simply behave like a computer. I perform computational operations on formally specified elements. For the purposes of the Chinese, I am simply an instantiation of the computer program. Now, the claims made by strong AI are that the programmed computer understands the stories and that the program in some sense explains human understanding. But we are now in a position to examine these claims in light of our thought experiment. Okay, so (laughs) that's the story. And what does it purport to prove? It proves that computers can't really learn language. Not really, 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 really learn language. You know, the way a human can. And this is my first big enemy in this series, and which is why I am starting with John Searle's Chinese Room. This really, truly, absolutely objective knowledge, you could say certainty, 
of other minds. You see, from outside of this room, it seems like there's someone inside of the room who understands Chinese. But according to Searle, that can't be right, because he's the one inside the room and he knows he doesn't know Chinese. I don't want to belabor everything that's wrong with the Chinese room and all the assumptions. In fact, if you get the text where I got it from, which is in the Hofstetter and Dinnett book, uh, The Mind's Eye, I highly recommend it. And the eye there is, uh, I think, therefore I am, not uh, the eye is connected to the optic nerve, the pronoun, not the organ. Uh, Searle addresses all of the objections, in my opinion, quite wrongly. (laughs) That's not my focus today. The point is functionalism or instrumentalism as a response to skepticism. Here's Searle's problem. He's imagining himself inside the box. But when you are dealing with other minds, you don't get to be inside the box. Searle is imagining himself inside the system and not understanding Chinese. But the problem we're worried about is not whether your mind works and understands language. We can accept, I think, therefore, I am. The challenge of skepticism is not that you are real. You know you are real. Is John Searle just a computer program? It doesn't matter. John Searle knows he is real. I know I am real. You know you are real. So you know, frankly, that you would be incapable of translating Chinese with a system like that in such a way that someone outside the room would understand you and think you were a Chinese speaker. That's where Dennett attacks this problem, is actually if you were in the Chinese room, there would need to be like 10 million of you. And that's when you know that this problem is crap. Because John Searle's problem is that John Searle speaks Chinese without knowing Chinese. In fact, only way to know if someone else speaks Chinese is if you speak Chinese and they talk to you. If you're standing outside a box and you get to write Chinese characters into that box and you write in Mandarin, Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Who are you? What's your name? Where are you from? And they answer you in Chinese, then they have a mind and they speak Chinese. Now, can you prove that there's a mind in that box? In some magical, super objective, really, 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 really real way? No, you cannot prove that whatever is inside that box, whether it's 10 million monkeys pulling levers or one computer or one human being who speaks Chinese, that they actually have another mind. But you can't prove that about any other mind. You can't prove that about your friends and family. The only thing you can prove is that they talk to you in a way that you understand, in a way that indicates to you that you are sharing this universe with another mind. It doesn't matter if they're a box, if they're a computer, a flesh and blood human, a mechanical android like Data from Star Trek, a flesh and blood android like the replicants from Blade Runner, a computer program running on a different computer, or anything else. If they talk to you like a person, and you can't tell they're not a person, they are a person. We don't have any other 
test. And every thought experiment in the world, like the Chinese room, will leave us in the same spot. When you talk to them, do they talk back to you in a way that you understand to be a person? They are a person. Their external responses are all you get. That's also all you get from the other human minds around you. Why would you ask a machine mind to prove that it's real when you never ask that of human minds? You are setting a higher standard for AI than you are setting for humanity. And that is a mistake. Okay, lots more topics will be coming up. Uh, a further exploration of skepticism using David Hume's billiard balls, the spoon in the matrix, the Turing test. That's all coming. This has been AI Ideas with Graham Colbertson. Please believe in other minds. Mm-hmm.